Welcome everyone to Northumberland FA podcast series from the sidelines. Uh, our episode today is Live Your Dream and our special guest is Azim Amir uh, who will share his football story with us and his challenges he's had to overcome to get to where he is today. Uh, Azim plays football for Merseyside and the National Blind League as well as playing for England men's blind team. Azim is an advocate for inclusion in sport and a very inspirational young man who has overcome challenges in his life to become who he is today and achieve that childhood dream of playing for his country. Hi Azim, can you just enjoy introduce yourself please to everyone? Hi uh, hi Gary and hi everyone. Yeah, thanks for uh, for having me on. Um, my, my name is Azim and, and I'm based up in, in Manchester I'm, and I'm uh, very fortunate to, uh, uh, like I said in the, the lovely intro, to have the honour of representing my country around the world um, and also kind of using my platform to change the way people in society think about disability. Great to have you on, on today Azim uh, and, and share your story and your thoughts. Um, how have you managed over the last six to 12 months, obviously playing at the level you're playing uh, during lockdown? Yeah, it's been a challenge like like it has been for, for everyone. Um, I mean, you know, you, 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 at the end of the day, we're very fortunate to have our health, to have our, you know, family around us and, and everything on top of that. I think the pandemic has highlighted is just extra. So, so to have that side of things is, is, you know, to make sure everyone's okay and safe. That's the most important thing. And then football on top of that, you know, it's a big part of my, my life. But, uh, so it has been a bit of a challenge, you know, we've not been able to, no games for us or no, no camps. So it's, it's been, you know, a bit, a bit away, away from the norm, but actually, you know, it's, it's been nice to be able to, focus on some going back to just enjoying training enjoying football and, and getting that hunger again and realizing you know why we do it you know it's been it's been a it's been an interesting time but I've been very lucky to still have continued support from coaches from uh, friends from family from from players who have you know we've tried to do as much as much as we can to make sure mm-hmm. we keep taking over I was just about to say there have you managed to sort of keep yourself uh, fit over this period? Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, I feel like I'm in the in the best shape that I've ever been in terms of, uh, you know, my conditioning and my fitness and my health. It's been a nice welcome break, and and also it's been a nice kind of block of time to focus on specific goals that I've I've wanted for a while. So you know, it's it's been a it's been a good time, and and I think the harder thing has been you know that side of, uh, you know, you, you know it's not really motivation, it's more tedium, like the fact mm. that you know I was I was I was doing the same things, but I've tried to vary it up, you know, I did started to uh, you know take up a few different types of training to help, you know, um, help alongside my football, so more kind of done a bit of boxing, done a bit of I've yeah. got all the tandem, so you know, um, cycling, so you know, it's just been trying to trying to trying to keep ticking but also keep enjoying it absolutely and so that, i think that's the most important thing isn't it that you're still enjoying doing what you're doing um i suppose my first question azim is to you how did you uh, how did you get involved in playing football so when i was so i was born with a visual impairment um so i I had to, I guess, adjust my life really early on to be able to uh, adapt to me not having any sight and be able to 
I guess, pick up on on the use of other senses and, and other ways of, of stimulation. And when I went through education, I went through mainstream education. So so it was a bit of a challenge there because they didn't have the they didn't have the knowledge or the, the right people to be able to guide them as to say, you know, for a visually impaired person or for a blind person, these sports are there or these adaptive types of equipment are out there. So I didn't pick up on football until I was about 15. And 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 that's when I heard that blind football existed at a disability sports have a go day event run by my local um, authority. And and yeah, that's when it was introduced to me, gave it a go and it was it was uh at first you know i was a bit surprised because i actually didn't you know i was a bit i was a bit conscientious that you know blind people playing sport you know it's just going to be absolute mayhem car crash people are going to be smashing into each other you know what's going to happen if the, if the ball goes quiet so i was just a bit uncertain as to what how it actually worked but you know i started to pick it up as a as a hobby and, and slowly understanding how technical and, and tactical the actual the actual game is and and it was all from there really that i was able to then uh, pick it up and, and started playing for a local team and, and then got signed to a team that played in the National League and we were the Merseyside and and uh, and yeah, that was my kind of way into grassroots football. And what was that support like, sort of, you know, back in when you were 15 to signpost you to the right, to the right clubs that you could take part in it? Yeah, I mean, it was a it wasn't. I mean, honestly, it wasn't the best in terms of the fact that, especially within the mainstream, I think disability within society, disability and the mainstream are almost like two different worlds. So mm-hmm. there's very rare crossover, uh, and when there is, it takes a lot of time, or you just need to, you know, slice a look, or you just need to know the right person to help to help signpost you to the right people. And I was lucky that I had that, but Shane was, you know, I had it so late in my kind of adolescent years, but whereas. Um, you know, if we knew about the the sport and the support um, in terms of the coaches that and and the, the wider offering that was out there earlier, you know, I, I would have actually been able to pick up the sport at an earlier age. But I mean, I just I, I, my coaches were fantastic. You know, from a grassroots level, they they supported me going through kind of the t- decisions I made around college, around university, and and how that would impact on my football. But they they emphasized the importance of ensuring that I I, I did have. I'd succeed at them things and I focused on them things as much as I did my, my football because they knew how important it was and, and how, um, you know, the fact that it, it's, it's a, it would have been a challenge, you know, you don't know how, how long your football career lasts so having that thing to fall back on is vitally important. Yeah. Um, do you think there's, there is, or is there a perception around disability football as in? Um, I think it, it, it's it's one of them where actually disability football. I think the lack of knowledge ultimately hinders hinders people getting into it, or, or mainstream coaches knowing about it, or or even being able to think that they could they can they can support a footballer because you know if someone comes to them who's who's got a form of autism or who's got a physical impairment, they almost think that oh no, don't know, don't really know what we're doing here or 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 you know, who do we go to and, and now with kind of restructures within county FAs and, and, and the wider FA, you know, you think actually actually, you know, it's it's even harder to get that person the right contact to help guide them to the right people in, and and that might be able to support them better. Um, so I think, yeah, sadly, like that's that's just where we're at, and and hopefully with with better awareness and and with better with better knowledge of of what the disability pathway looks like, what talent hubs look like, what 
you know, the, the England pathway looks like, or even the grassroots recreational pathway looks like, just to signpost someone to a hub. You know, that's, that's yes. that yeah. ultimately would, would already, it's already a step in the right direction. Most definitely. Um, who were your role models in life at a young age um, and in, in the game growing up for you? So, I guess um, in life, um, I'd say my mobility officer who taught me kind of how to how to be or live independently. So he was a guy that the local authority provided to help me train to be able to um, I guess be able to learn how to ultimately get around by myself and, and basic life skills that someone else would take for granted that I didn't know, like little things like, you know, how to figure out what, obviously I couldn't see things like money. So he'd talk me about how to like feel the edges of the coin to figure out what money was like or what money, what coin, what coin, what coin it was or things mm. like how to use my cane, how to, how to learn learn how to like use braille and, and how to get around, how to catch a bus, you know, how to pay for something like yeah. the shop. And, and that person, he was, he was a, a real advocate for saying that actually, you know, whatever you do, if you put your mind to it, you can really, you can really kind of succeed and, and, mm. you know, you can do everything as long as you, you set your, set your mind to actually thinking you can achieve it. And that mindset really at a young age from even like four or five years old. Um, and, and I worked with this guy for almost 10 years and he was fantastic in, in helping shape the way that I thought around life, I guess, you know, could do anything in education. And especially when I started playing football and, and sport, he was, you need to go back to it, you know, that the fact that hard work would, would definitely pay off. So, so I guess in terms of my, that he was a fantastic role model and outside of that, in terms of football, you know, I, I came across many, many people and, and, you know, you look up to all the players and, 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 and the, you know, the stars and, and people like that. But sometimes you, 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 especially within disability football, you realize like, actually they haven't took the path that you've taken, you know, yeah. their, their life path was different. You know, they started playing at academy level at four or five years old and, and they went through the ranks there. Whereas for us, you know, like I said, I didn't even know that football for me existed until the age of 15. So for me, my, my role models in football were the guys who I, who I played with, all the senior lads who, who were representing their country and, and I looked up to them to think, wow, mm. like they've made they made well they've done well out of their career. They've gone to Olympics. They've 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 been able to have a, a decent quality of life even with a with a disability and they've shown they've paved the way to show that actually that isn't a barrier if you if you choose to to, to have the right mindset to overcome it. Yeah, and I, I suppose the support that they've given you when you came into that that international environment, was it? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, they were they were fantastic with me. You know, I was I was that young, seventeen, eighteen year, year old lad who who slowly started to come into camps and people have heard about, and and they were like, you know, he could definitely talk the talk, but it was one of them where you know could he back it up on the pitch? And slowly mm-hmm. as he got to know me and my personality, they realised that actually it's not a front. It's he's actually a genuine, genuine, genuine guy, yeah. and he he loves his football and he loves passionate about what he does, and and I think. Once they started to realise that, ultimately they just wanted to help and support me to 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 do to be the best version of myself in terms of off the pitch and on it, and and the coaches are fantastic in that as well, and and that they helped the, in, the players ultimately over spending time with them, especially when I kind of started to travel with with England. You know, you're away for like two three weeks at a time, and 
and it is a is a long time to you so you know as much as you learn about football you learn about life as well yeah yeah and that, that leads me nicely onto one to my next question is you know as a role model for for players listening into this uh, is there anything that you'd like to share that may inspire these people you know that possibly have a disability uh, that would like to follow in your footsteps I think the main the main thing is to to realize that the only person that that's holding you back is yourself like that's the biggest thing like no one else or whatever anybody else says or what the this, the decisions that anybody else makes around you you know what no matter what they are or no matter what's said or no matter the perception that people have of you you are still like you're still young enough you're still able enough to to be able to um shape your own future and 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 you know, I learned about this like, man, like manifesting where you where you almost say to yourself that actually, you know, I, I can do this or or uh, this yeah. is where I want to be. How can I get to that position? You know, if you want to if you want to be able to play for your country, you know, picture yourself in that shirt and picture yourself about working backwards is how you're going to get to that. Or it might even, you know, that's that's one side. It might just be that, you know what, you want to score a goal on a on a, on a Saturday league team and or you want to just get onto the pitch and, and feel like you're, you're helping or you're just enjoying yourself and, and just feel yourself smiling at the end of a game because you feel like you've done well and playing for your local team. And, and just that in itself is is a big achievement. And, and slowly, you know, it sets off little goals and and no, no kind of goal is too far away if you mm. have the right mindset to work towards it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you just want to explain to everyone a little bit about the game itself that you play and some rules and adaptions around it? Yeah, so um, blind football is a five-side sport played by four outfield players who are visually impaired. So they've got a form of sighted loss or, or ultimately they've got a form of blindness that could be kind of from light perception to to almost uh, like basically no sight at all. And the way that we make sure that everybody's on an even playing field is we blindfolds to eliminate any sight or light perception that anyone might have so you're basically fully reliant on your hearing and the goalkeeper is fully sighted and he has a has a two by two box uh, the pitch is a five-a-side pitch with boards going down the side to keep the ball in play the coaches so one of our coaches will stand the halfway line halfway line to give instructions alongside the goalkeeper in our half and then up at the top end of the pitch, the goal, uh, one of our guides will stand behind the team's goal that we're shooting towards to give us like an audible tannoys to tell us where the goal is. Um, and we use his voice to help us, to guide us, to figure out kind of roughly where we are in the final third and where we need to finish past the opposition goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and apart from that, the, the players, defending players must use the word voice. To, to give us an indication uh, and a warning for when they're coming in to tackle. But apart from that, all the other rules are more or less the same as futsal. Uh, the ball makes a sound. That's the only kind of adaptation. That's the way we locate it. It must be difficult for your orientation on the pitch as well as your senses. Do these challenges get any easier for you? Um, orientation is 100% the hardest thing in, in, in our game. Like it is, the, it is the challenge. It is the thing that separates good players from from those who struggle and 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 their understanding and and their their you know pitch geography is is the thing that really sets them aside. You know, I know some players who will be able to run slap bang at a at a board from from one side of the pitch to the other and and stop like half a meter, even quarter of a meter before hitting it. And it's like how how do you figure it out? But they just know where the the, the dimensions of the pitch where they are where and then that helps them so much in terms of 
that geography when they are actually playing. So, you right. know, people like myself work towards trying to understand, you know, where we are fully on a pitch. You know, sometimes my coach will say, you know, okay, he'll, he'll make me do drills until I'm fatigued and my mental, I'm mentally fatigued. And he'll say, you know, where's, where's now I want you to stand at this point and run to this point. And, and before you know it, you, you realise that your orientation is the first thing that goes. And, and, yeah. and that's something that we really, really work on. So the coaches have a massive part to play in that in terms of making sure that our, uh, you know, orientation, even towards the latter stages of games and training sessions are still, are still on top. But, you know, part of football, you know, you do, sometimes you do lose your, your, your bearings and, and you do smash into boards or you smash into players. But yeah. it's just part of the game and everybody kind of understands that side of it, especially when you're a new person coming into the game like myself. I can imagine. And I suppose you, you mentioned it there in the, in, the, in the answer earlier, the role of the the coach players is so important within this game. Yeah, massive, like absolutely massive. You know, their communication skills are, are paramount in, in yeah. allowing us, you know, giving us the, the right information and, and getting the balance between too much information and not enough information and and, and yeah. you know that is that is a real challenge and, and I've got a lot of respect for them because you know it is a difficult position you know they don't we call it like a a, a PlayStation controller philosophy where we don't want to be that 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 position where the, the coaches are controlling us they're saying you know as you take 10 steps left one step back and then two steps to your right and you're going to be in position to pick up the ball instead they're going to say right as uh, locate the ball off the sound and then I want you to get to it and then I want you to dribble to where you think's best and and that that also ultimately as well it's, it's the input of information you know sometimes it's, it, you try to listen for the ball listen for the player listen to your goalkeeper and listen to the referee listen to your your teammates and yeah. and the manager shout, shouting something oh. bloody hell it's there's a lot of info to take on especially in high pressure situations so so yeah you know it's just getting that balance right of information and, and the way you take it on board and, and then ultimately what you do with that information yeah, so you know that, that the role of the coach and the support that he gives the players on the pitch is is massive, basically, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, really, really important. And yeah, and you know, there's there's certain coaches that uh, their styles are a bit different, and and you just got to to adjust. And it's it's a teamwork, it's teamwork, isn't it? We you know they figure out what works Absolutely. best for you. And yeah, yeah, um. Going into competition, so the, the league that you're currently playing for your club, uh, Merseyside, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a national league, is it? Yeah, so that's played at a, a national level and, and it's kind of broke into different areas of the UK. So there's like a, North, a northern team or a, or a northwest team and then there's little hubs that are, are aiming to work towards getting a team set up. So, you know, hubs in the northeast, hubs... Hubs down south in London, in Brighton, in in the south of, you know, trying to trying to set up teams to be able to then to then join, you know, the the core teams that we've got currently, you know, from the West Midlands, from from the Hereford area, Shrewsbury area, to basically be able to to give more people a more competitive opportunity to play blind football domestically. Yeah, brilliant, and I would imagine that's just getting bigger and bigger, Azim, is it? Over the past yeah, few I mean, years. I mean, it, it, it fluctuates in between players leaving the game and then new players coming in. And, and the hardest thing is replacing those players that have been playing for years with a person, a new person that comes in because blind football is such a tough game and, and it takes time for someone to learn how to be able to 
play, you know, play training in a sports hall with you and a coach is different to playing on a pitch with with eight other players and 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 you know, and especially when when the when blind football is played at open age, you know, it, it's quite a challenge. So, yeah. so uh, that kind of you know working on ways that we can we can I guess bridge that gap is always something that. Uh, you know, is is very very important, and making sure that that, that there's always an, an influx of new players coming into the game, and and I think for me that's really important because ultimately that the more players that play in the game, the more of a challenge it is for me because I I get to train and play against different styles, and which will ultimately give me more of a chance to be able to play uh, well, understand different ways of play, which will help me when I play internationally against some of the the best best players. Yeah, yeah. I just want to leave football just for a, for the next couple of questions, Azim. Um, tough butter. Uh, done a little bit of research on you. Uh, can you explain what this is and what the challenge is? Uh, yes, the tough butter is a, a twelve mile uh, obstacle course, um, and it's built up as one of the world's toughest obstacle courses. Um, and it, it's all to do with kind of um, doing something. That, you know, the mantra is doing something almost to see if it's as tough as you are. Um, and the the aim is to be able to conquer certain challenges from from uh, and they're quite like extreme from like you know getting over certain heights or uh, the battle of 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 cold water and and the battle of like ice and 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 electricity and heat. So you know, there, there's quite a, a vast array of of different styles of challenge and and the, the aim is to kind of do something and that you you feel like is is pretty difficult to accomplish and and it's built up kind of it's all around the world and and uh, and there's some quite interesting uh, interesting challenges in there <laughs> why tough buddha is he why did you so want I, to do it so i was inspired by uh, an op teacher of mine because you know he used to come in with the headbands and 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 after what he'd done it and he, in the pictures and, and the videos and you know you could tell that actually it was something that he and someone at, at his age was was pretty uh, you know a, a impressed in himself to accomplish so i used to think you know i'd love to do something like that and 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 i thought actually when i i, I went back after i finished school and i was doing my a levels i said you know how's about we we actually give it a go and 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 we we got together and, and we wanted to give something back to a charity that I um, I work very closely with and and that I'm a patron of, which is a, a Royal Eye Hospital in Manchester, who supported me and my family in partnership with the Manchester Royal Manchester Children's Hospital. Then I said, you know, would it would it be amazing to raise some money for these guys? And that's what we did, and and we we got some money together and and we got the backing of lots and lots of people, and then um, we went and did it, and and yeah, I, I mean it, it's. Uh, Something that I definitely wouldn't do again. That's for sure. But it yeah. was worth it for for the cause and for for the experience. Azim, you come over to me as as a, as a as a person that strives on new challenges and that not there's 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 not a barrier there for you. You can overcome that barrier. Would I be right in yeah. saying? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got a very like optimistic outlook on on different things and I, and I feel like you know it's 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 a benefit in having uh you know different things going on and different challenges going on in your life from from playing to education to social to to you know employment and work so I I, I do like to to tap into and have standards in different fields and and try to succeed in that in that challenge or goal that I set myself so 
yeah, and that's just the outlook that I, that I have and, and something that I feel ultimately allows me to become more of a, a well-rounded person. But at the same time, it's very, very important that you, you know, something that I'm starting to learn even more is that you give yourself that time to actually breathe and, and, and reflect and, and chill. Yeah, moving back, moving back to your football experiences. So St George's Park, um, rubbing shoulders with the England squad. Um, how does that, you know, how does that make you feel when you go into them environments? And have you got any nice examples that you'd like to share share with me? You know, on, on them experiences at St George's Park. Yeah, I mean, it's a, obviously you know it's one of the the best facilities in the world, and and it's it's out there. As, as you know, up there as 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 uh, an unbelievable kind of home football, you know, almost after Wembley. So so it is a it's a fantastic place to be to be and and be linked to. And and when we're there and and when we're at the England kit, you almost feel like you are at the top of your game and and that professionalism, the high standards, and then the the eliteness of of what goes on there in terms of the first team, the lionesses, and. Uh, all the development and disability teams are there, and and yeah, you do feel like it's, a, it's almost a, a home. Um, so so when we're there, and and the first team are there, and and we're we're rubbing shoulders with them, and and you know things like you know Harry Kane in front of us going getting a coffee, or or you've got kind of coming out of Cubicle to Rashford's Rashford's there, or Mr. Man <laughs> holding the door open for you, you know things like that, which you can always think you know pinch yourself and. You know, very lucky to do some work with some of them guys like the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold and Jaden Sancho and speak to them about blind football, which, you know, even they're professional footballers and they don't even know the sport exists. So ultimately yeah. using their, using, using, linking them in, get, using their platforms to give disability football and blind football a platform is, is a win-win. Yeah, and, and you were part of the FA's promotion for the 21 Days of Positivity, which included the likes of Marcus Rashford, Tony Duggan, Ross Barkley, Jesse Lingard. I mean, what was that like for you? You know, a, a lad from Rochdale, um, sharing the platform with him. Yeah, amazing. Honestly, like it is a, an unbelievable feeling to have that that opportunity and and to to have that uh, you know that platform because. But one thing I realised, like even though that you know, I might have a few thousand people that know about me and they've got millions and millions. You still have a platform, like no matter who you are, you still have a platform. And and even if you can use that to inspire one person, you know, I feel like, you know, it's, it's something to to really capitalise on and be proud of. And, and that's what I strive towards every day. The fact that, you know, I'm walking through my hometown, someone recognises me from the school that I went to or from the local paper and they, they want a picture or they want to have a chat to me about what I'm up to or they want to, you know, just just say, you know, I think you have a chat to my child because he's he's, you know, going off tra- off the rails a bit. Can you have a chat to him to to kind of tell him to behave himself, or or you know, someone like you who who's come from here and and where you've made it made it to, and and I think that is just a privileged position to be in, and and something that I'm honoured to be part of every single day, and and what gives me real pride in in you know in doing what I do. Yeah, and I think it's the work that you're doing, you know, around the country uh, at this moment and, and, and basically raising awareness, you know, for the opportunities that are out there um, for, for other young people, you know, and, and, and I think it's fantastic. And and as, as you mentioned, Azim, you know, sharing that awareness with your, your fellow um, England colleagues within St George's Park as well. Um, 
your new project, Azim. Um, do, you, do you want to explain a little bit about that, what it is, um, to everyone, please? Uh, yes, so kind of a, a new, a new kind of project that we've been working on uh, over the kind of lockdown and just before lockdown um, is all has been based around something that I was really passionate about and that is getting the awareness out there for disability and and we do that through the things that people love most and football unites unites the country and unites people from different backgrounds in the world so why not use that to, to empower and, and showcase what disability is um, and that's kind of my was my idea behind creating learn with ess so learn with s stands for education sport and speaking and the aim is to uh, have a program based around raising the awareness of disability through team building projects um, and ed education is all about kind of going in and delivering group-based workshops and different types of disability to help destigmatize it such as braille sign language um, autism awareness, invisible disability awareness, then you know, go, going out into the sports hall and doing some work around stepping into a world of someone with a vision impairment, for example, wearing a blindfold and, and doing sports like the blind football, the goal ball and wider ones like boxer and wheelchair sports uh, to then to them, uh, look at a video of a Paralympic sport to see like the high standards that it's played at and, and to raise that side of empathy towards what a disabled person can actually achieve. Uh, and then the last part of the programme is the speaking, and that's like a, a motivational talk from a local role model to leave a sense of inspiration um, at the end of the day. And, and the workshops are all, all around kind of the ethos behind raising the awareness of disability uh, to audiences such as educational institutions from the age of five all the way up to university, from staff to students, sports clubs from um, recreational to professional, and then corporates as a team away day for businesses and SMEs. Uh, and and yeah, the aim is to hopefully use the things that um, you know these ideas all around, uh, you know, doing delivering disability awareness and talking about disability awareness, but in a fun and interactive way to to hopefully change the way society thinks about them. Absolutely fantastic, Azim. And if anyone wants to get involved um, with Azim's project, you know, please get in touch with us at Northumberland FA and. Uh, and we'll share share that with uh, share that with with Azim. Um, can I just say, Amir? Um, many thanks for sharing your story and journey with us today. Um, I'm sure you'll have inspired thousands of other listeners with your story, who can go on to succeed in whatever they want to be. Um, Azim, Amir, thank you very much. Cheers, Gary. Really appreciate it.